It's 4.30 on Wednesday afternoon, and you're tuned to 91.9 WITT-FM, the home of unpredictable music and the Indies Trusted Servant Show. Since it's 4.30 on Wednesday, you're not turned to the unpredictable music. You're tuned to the Indies Trusted Servant Show. What is Indies Trusted Servant? Well, that's me, your, your host, Danny O'Malley. I do customer service training and keynote speaking about customer service. It's all about the culture of the organization. I learned it from the master, my late father, Joe O'Malley, at three different grocery companies starting at the age of nine and moving on through O'Malley Food Markets back in the day. If you'd like to learn more about all of that, why give me a call at 317-413-9062. What's the Indies Trusted Servant Show? Well, I like to describe it as lively local small biz and community talk where you can feel the pulse of Indy. Today's guests are on the community side of that equation. We had a small biz guy on last week to talk about the effects of COVID on his office supply business. And we now have my daughter, Janet Andriol, the principal of St. Joan of Arc Catholic Grade School at 42nd and Central, and her assistant principal and partner in crime, Sarah Funk. Uh, and we're going to talk about specifically St. Joan of Arc, but more generally, too, just schools and COVID. So, uh, Janet and Sarah, welcome to the Indies Trusted Servant Show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, it's good to have you here. Uh, and I always want to talk about education, and of course, I love to talk to my daughter and one of her best friends. So, uh, first of all, tell our listeners who don't know, and you guys have been on before, although it's been quite a while, talking about issues and things going on at Joan of Arc and fundraising and stuff. But tell us a little bit about Joan of Arc, its history, and the big anniversary you got coming up, and, and what it means to the, to the neighborhood around 42nd Central. Well, we're getting ready to be 100 years old in January and we're super excited we were making grand plans uh before about about march of 2020 uh hit um to really celebrate that and now we're gonna have to scale that back and father guy and i were just talking last uh, a couple days ago when we met about how the sisters of providence uh, would actually probably prefer a more scaled down celebration and recognition of our 100 years because they're humble group and they would just want the recognition of the work they've done and not some big fanfare and a bunch of logos but just more of a modest recognition um, as we're approaching our 100 years but i'm gonna let sarah talk a little bit more about what it's like uh what joan of arc's place in the community is because she's been there longer than i have yeah i i think saint joan of arc is really endearing to people especially on the north side of indianapolis because it really was the north side catholic school for a long time before all of these other parishes and and schools were originated and um and it is it's very much a neighborhood school um you know we are very diverse i think that joan of arc back in the day when it opened was um you know very upscale affluent community of of people it was still affluent when i was in high school in the 60s believe me absolutely yeah yeah and 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 now we serve a very diverse population of families um, from all over the city, really. It's not just a neighborhood school. It's not just a parish school. We have families coming even from some of the suburbs. So um, it's just a really unique place that's built around kind of the idea of family and community. Okay. And, and you do serve a diverse group, which means there are probably a lot of maybe at-risk kids there, but yep. either financially or 
with learning disabilities or with whatever, right? Yes, yes we do. Yes, that is correct. And, um, you know, we've been working on building our programming over the years to meet all the needs of our diverse learners. And um, and that's that's a goal that we continue to have. Right. And you guys are pre-K through eight, right? Well, we have an early learning center, which serves infants and toddlers, which is just across the street in the old library, just one block off College yep. Avenue and 42nd Street. And then we have three, four, and five-year-olds in our lower level. And then f f f some five-year-olds are in kindergarten, K to eight, um, in the top two floors. Okay, so really, from birth to the to eighth grade yeah. now, yeah. but the birth part is pretty new, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how many students do you serve? We have just under three hundred in K through eight. We have about a three hundred and fifty, including our preschool, and then another how many at the ELC? Probably thirty. Yeah, thirty. What are the thirty students? Over at the early, early learning, learning center. center. The early learning. That's yeah. the, the young, the young children. Yeah. The, the yep. yeah. In our the building, toddlers. We, have, we have around 340 right now. Okay. How, how, how big is your staff? How many, pe how, how many folks? Yep. About For, 40, 40 in people. our school and then another 20 because of the uh, unusual hours of early learning, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. So uh, it adds, even though there's fewer classrooms, uh, more people to, to work those hours, plus the ratios are a lot smaller for okay. young children. Okay, got it. So let's talk about the whole COVID thing and all of the challenges and opportunities of St. Joan of Arc and schools like that. Mm -hmm. um, we're, you know, you guys were moving along and chugging along with everybody else until last March. Right, yeah, March 18th. Yes. Um, yeah. So so we've got several waves, right? You guys had to cl close down uh, live learning and go to uh, online learning. Yes. Summer came. You came back to school. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now we're online again. Right. Yep. We're hoping to go back to school. So walk us through all of that and tell us what some of the challenges, expenses, and 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 how this is impacting everybody. We could go in a million different directions, but fire away. Goodness. I'll start and um, then Sarah can pick up um, where I drop. So I uh, think that we spent some time in March um, anticipating just f not long, um, and we were thankful right away, one, for our small size, are able to be personal, personal, personalization. Two, because we're a Google school and we had a lot of Chromebooks, mostly one-to-one. -one. We were quick to apply for our CARES money, GEARS money, all the opportunities to secure funding so we could make sure we were completely one-to-one -to, -one to assist families, take into consideration their wireless needs at home. Um, uh, many of your families needed help with that, right? Some. You know, lots of people, because of smartphone usage, um, can use their smartphones as hotspots. Or um, we didn't have very many families that didn't have wire. That's good to know. List connectivity, but some. It, it was more that there wasn't a whole lot of proficiency, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of what it meant to use Online. the devices. Mm -hmm. and Especially among probably the parents. Correct. Right. The Which, parents had the biggest learning curve. But ironically, we had spent really the school year leading up on sort of perfecting our e-learning and just in case we had any kind of weather related closures so we had actually conducted some virtual learning days prior in the year and i think in many ways we're ahead of some of the other schools Agree. with our plans and so you know I, i'll never forget that day i actually janet was homesick and we were texting and we just sort of kind of had this inside scoop that this really could be it 
and that we would be closed and not even have the opportunity to really make the transition. And next thing we knew, that was the call after school that day, mm-hmm. and we had made the call. The call from whom? From the mayor. From the mayor, mayor. okay. Yeah. Um, from the mayor's we office. we had made the call. To send their Chromebooks home. To send their devices home. And so we were really lucky because our teachers spent <coughs> a couple of hours. I'll never forget. I think I said, I sent a staff email, and I said, um, make sure that you, you know, put a movie on in your classroom or, or find something to occupy the kids so that you all can have a couple of hours to get ready because this is what's happening. Because it just happened in a vacuum. like That, that quick, although you were probably anticipating a possibility. Well, right? yeah, but maybe not that not that day. Not like, that we soon. We had no idea there would yeah. be that. And there were two complications immediately. One, at the time, we weren't one-to-one so that every kindergarten and first grade student, we had – we had backed up the Chromebooks one-to-one to second grade last year to prepare the second graders to take the iRead test. In third grade, we didn't want their first year on a device uh, to be the year that they had to uh, encounter that test. And so we only had to worry about kindergartners and first graders who didn't have devices. So we polled families to ask how many needed a device, and we were able to kind of get into our our stockpile of previous devices and get them ready to go and pass them out. Okay. And then in one grade level, um, <coughs> forgot to send the Chromebooks home and they had them. And so we had to organize a pickup, a safe way for them to pick up their devices. And um, there were some pe- paper, pencil, packet type things, novel reads and, and things we had to organize in a very clean manner. Um, and we ran a phenomenal food program that actually benefited more than Joan of Arc. Let's come back to that. We're going to take an underwriter break here okay. and thank our host for the studio because you do have some kids that, that that's one of the challenges I know schools were facing. The kids were getting food at school sure. and now they're home. So we'll come back to that and we'll start from there. Okay. We want to thank our underwriter for uh, the Indies Trusted Servant Show on 91.9 and that is Open in Indiana. Uh, check out Open in Indiana, your destination for finding the people, places, events, and things that make Indiana a great place to live, work, visit, and do business in. If you own a business in Indiana, uh, list your business and your events with www.openinindiana.com. That's www.openinindiana.com to get started. You can follow Open in Indiana on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I not only want to thank Ryan Henry of Open in Indiana for being an underwriter to the show, but I want to let you know that if you've got a friend who wants to hear about Joan of Arc and they didn't listen today, they can go to Open in Indiana and pull up the podcast starting uh, probably 24 hours or 48 hours from now. And we have podcasts of all the previous Open in Indiana shows going back to October of 19 on Open in Indiana, so thanks for that. We want to thank the host of our studio here on Shelby Street in Fountain Square, and that is My Pet Carnivore, a pet food distribution warehouse on Shelby Street in Fountain Square where Paul and Suzanne and their extremely busy staff, uh, they distribute healthy, frozen dog and cat food to dog and cat food owners only in 48 states. And if they're in 48 states, this stuff has got to be good. So that's my pet carnivore. If you got a pet and you're looking for better dog or cat food, you might give them a call. Um, okay, back to Janet uh, Andreol and Sarah Funk, the pastor, pastor, the principal and the assistant principal at St. Joan of Arc Catholic Grade School. We were talking about when school, live school was called off. Bingo. 
you know, one day and you had to go the next day, one of the challenges was the kids that were getting the food at school. What percentage of your kids were getting food at school? Well, a large percent gets food at school because we have a great food program, Claire Jackson. But I mean the ones that... Oh, qualify yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about 30, 30%. percent mm-hmm. So how did you handle that? Uh, how do those families handle that? So we quickly um, talked with Claire, who did some research with the girls she works with in the cafeteria, and um, decided that we would communicate to our families. The program would not stop. They could come by and pick up uh, food. So if they came on Monday, they got their food for Monday, Tuesday. This would be breakfast and lunch. And if they came on Wednesday, they would get it for Wednesday, Thursday. And if they came on Friday for Friday, and I think the weekend. Yep. And they could, and it was not limited to Joan of Arc students. We served people in the community in the neighborhood you did that out of your own kitchen at joan of arc at your at the parish's expense or the school's expense usdoe okay okay good Mm -hmm. okay great that's that's terrific it's phenomenal so so now you've got the kids and and then of course summer came along and so they were out of been been out of school anyway right now you want to go back to school and i had uh i had uh the principal at Cathedral, uh, Julie Barthel, on to talk about high schools going back right. right about August or so. Tell us the challenges of getting back to school live and the costs and so forth. Oh yeah. Well, we got about $68,000 from CARES money, which Sarah and I were really creative in using. Why don't you talk about some of those initiatives? Uh, yeah, so we were granted some federal funding through Indianapolis Public Schools and about $68,000, which really helped us um, be able to um, staff a health professional um, in our building. We did not have a school nurse previously, but now... Is this an RN? She, she does not have her RN yet. She's working towards it. Um, but she has been the person who is sort of our COVID expert okay. uh, in the building and knows the protocols and listens to updates from the Marion County Health Department and other weekly updates every week and really is, is the source of information so that that burden is not on the school principal. And As um, if she doesn't have enough to think <laughs> as about. As if she doesn't right. have enough to think about, right. And, um, and also just different social distancing supports we had to purchase like never before. Um, we wanted to create as safe and as an environment as possible. I know, so. I know that you think about restaurants and having the shields at yes. the fast food places and and giving away masks to people who forget the masks and yes and cleaning the tables to the nth degree between every customer probably better than they ever did before. Yeah, we and we found, you guys on on steroids more, right? We found a really f- uh, cool few things happen. First of all, uh, Mr. Mike, our custodian. Cabell went out and got those little window well covers that, you know, we all have to shield our basements, Mm -hmm. windows, and came up with a prototype for what it might look like to work in a student office. And we were so impressed by him. He had clamps. One day he called us into the gym to say, look what I've created. And we almost had to go that route, um, purchasing them from all of Lowe's all over the city until, of course, companies caught up with his um, smart process and created their own three-sided type partitions Partitions. for student offices. And just give those to teachers, and before you know it, they turn them into little personalized offices that they can hang their masks up or their spare mask and their, you know, note cards and things on, and they made it really special. Um, Another thing that... One one thing that I think we're both really proud of for kind of um, seeing ahead or anticipating um, was a need for a building sub. Yeah. And we were able to staff one of our school parents who has done a lot of volunteer work at the school 
through our CARES Act and um, pay her in that way. Because to do we knew, what? Well, we knew that staffing would be a concern over time. We would have adults having to quarantine or okay. positive cases with teachers. Did you have to have more staff because the kids were spread out more also? Oh, we did. We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we had Because we wanted to be able to tell our parents, it's safe to send your child. We've reduced the classroom sizes. Right. We're so not that, sticking 26 kids in a small area. So you needed more, more teachers. Yeah. Right. And more volunteers. Yeah. Right? We needed a lot of sanitation supplies we've never had to buy before. Exactly. exactly. Disinfectant, things like that. So, mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I, I think I can speak confidently that our parents were really happy with what we had in place to reopen school. But, you know, I think the biggest challenge is as school administrators, and I think anyone, any school administrator would say this, you know, your, your whole world really just becomes about staying open. Right. And getting to the next day safe, to stay safe, open safe, safely. Safe, safe. And um, um, we, we had to think of practices about how to limit, how do kids not encounter one another? We were creating um, cohorts, so to speak, and so they don't use their lockers. What about re- recess? They have to go at their assigned time with their group that they their are community. with all day long. And the specials teachers, rather than all share a classroom and go to music, music comes to them. And do you have to watch them in the playground and make sure they don't play tag or something? Um, you know what I mean? We did. We had to have some restrictions in place that we haven't had to have before, yeah. for sure. Um, Especially like equipment and... Um, yeah, yeah. what about the playground equipment? We shut it at yeah. first, um, yeah. but we, we allowed the younger kids, as we recognized, they weren't growing in numbers and mm-hmm. they, they can play on that now. Yeah. Um, we had this really cool invention, which we decided, why did we not ever do this before, <laughs> called a restroom reservation. Mm-hmm. And ah. what, what it meant is that when the kids arrived at the restroom, each student in the building has a tag that they hang up to indicate they're in a restroom spot. Because most of the time, you don't know until you go into the – it's not like a restaurant where it says in use or something, you know. So you go in and you sort of wait there and linger until the restroom opens. Well, now the kids walk up, they hang their tag up on a spot, that's in the hallway yep. and then there's a waiting spot so you know who's in the restroom oh yeah which yeah. also has limited all little issues that we used to have in the restroom with behavior and maybe true minor man- vandalism or you know that reminds that, that's me. a covid practice we'll probably keep. we're like we like that <laughs> that's gonna stay in place forever that reminds me on a personal note uh, i probably never told you the peter gill in the restroom story and i won't do it on the air but if you'll remind me after <laughs> after the show okay. i will tell you all about Peter Gill and the restroom, you will get a kick out of it, both Lots of, of you. Lots of shenanigans. Oh, Peter, Peter Gill was a troubled young man. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so now we're, uh, we're, we're going back to school at the end of the summer, which you went back to school in August? We did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did all the other uh, Catholic grade schools go back at the same time? I we thought did. they did. We yeah. were able to. And I remember uh, Julie Barthel telling me Cathedral was getting calls from public school parents saying, we want our kids in school can we transfer did you guys get that not a lot not a lot not a lot um but that did you have any parents that didn't want their kids in school yes, yes and those those some of those um families chose a virtual option so one thing we worked with our staff really hard on was teaching them to uh we had an expectation at the beginning of the year that they do all live or direct instruction of the major content areas like english language arts and math um every single day record it and post it on your classroom in case you at any given time have students who can't be in attendance even if they're just sick they're at home. sick yeah or but if they're isolating at home we didn't want them to have that hiccup right. of being out of the classroom so, so you didn't lose students whose parents didn't want them in school you were able to keep doing with the yes, distance correct. learning with because them because we Good. offered the virtual we didn't like 
say everybody can go virtual, but if we heard from families who had a risk, yes. a yeah. health risk at yeah. home, or, or what percentage think, of students would that have been? Less than ten percent. Oh, we probably had a, a total of twenty-four kids. So a little less than ten yeah. percent, probably. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't something we just said choose. We we just took special circumstances into consideration. Gotcha. Okay, we're going to be back with Janet Andriel, the principal at Saint uh, uh, Joan of Arc Catholic Grade School, and her assistant principal Sarah Funk after a brief. Uh, underwriters announcement and uh, a thank you for our studios uh, if you like the India Indies Trusted Servant Show check out Open in Indiana one of our underwriters your destination for finding the people places things events that make Indiana a great place to live work and visit and uh, do business if you own a business in Indiana list your business and events with www.openinindiana.com, www.openinindiana.com to get started. Follow uh, Open in Indiana on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I want to thank Ryan Henry of Open in Indiana for uh, hosting the podcasts of all the Indies Trusted Servant shows back through October of 19. And I guarantee you, not only is there a lot of great content on Open in Indiana besides this, if you scroll through some of those shows, you're going to want to listen to them because I have had some interesting guests. We want to thank uh, the host for the studios of 91.9 FM and all that unpredictable music and the Indies Trusted Servant Show, and that is My Pet Carnivore, a pet food distribution warehouse on Shelby Street in Fountain Square where Paul and Suzanne and their extremely busy staff uh, distribute healthy frozen dog and cat food to dog and cat food owners only in 48 states. This stuff's got to be good. So if you've got a pet at home you'd like to feed healthier, healthier food to, why check out Open, um, Open in Indiana. Check out My Pet Carnivore. Okay, back to Janet Andriol and uh, Sarah Funk of St. Joan of Arc Catholic Grade School. Now, we've we got one segment left, and we've got to cover back to school going virtual again and then the hope to go back to school so far away girls what's what what was it like going back to school in august we already talked about the expense part what else uh, i think it went way more smoothly than I, I think we felt like our our preparation and hard work and all of our hours over the summer paid off um, I think everyone was happy to be back. We had no the, idea what it would look like. We were talking about carpool and how quickly they arrive and how many yeah. children can be in one well, space I'm, at I'm one betting time. the kids were shot out of a gun to get back, right? They, they wanted to come back, yes, right? Everybody really was so happy to be back. And, you know, it, it was an adjustment, but I, I think we know, we all know kids are so resilient, and, you know, we were blown away by how effortless it was for them to even wear masks and to comply with all of our guidelines and, and new protocols some, they some, just adapted sometimes yeah. as i think as i'm putting my mask on for instance coming into this building today i'm going this isn't this isn't as big a deal as i thought it would be right. in, in the beginning right right, right. yeah um, we get used to what we get used to you know? yeah exactly and i know that uh, a lot about <laughs> kids though and their social emotional uh, adaptation and having yeah. been home since march like what did that look like did they spend more time on devices did they have less physical activity? yes they did what <laughs> they go through in their minds and our staff did a lot of uh, preparation for that we brought on an armor coach this year which is someone who helps kids who need help transitioning from all those months at home and how to behave in a classroom mm -hmm. um, and how to manage help teachers support those kids because our class sizes are small 
but the needs are great. Yeah, and we had a lot of um, learning loss to deal with from the spring. Oh, we it's bad talk. enough when you've got regular summer vacation. I mean, we could spend a whole show talking we to could. you about what we did with our teachers. Yeah. We um, had this great couple days. As soon as school ended, we said, strike while the iron is hot. And we had Dr. Jill Jay, uh, who's a colleague of Sarah's from Butler's EPPSP program, work with our teachers um, and sit down and say, at some time during the spring, we talked to our teachers about scale it back focus only on the most important essential standards to move forward yeah. and they mapped them out and then the teacher from the next year they all met with each other the grade level before and the grade level after where their kids were going so we really tried to why don't you talk a little bit about that yeah i mean you know all we really asked them to do was to take the previous grade level standards and to really sort of match them with the current grade level standards where they overlap so that they were sort of teaching both all at once um, to try to kind of make up for lost time. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's it's been really great to be back, although um, challenging because a lot of, you know, St. Joan of Arc traditions and things like French Market were canceled and things right. like... Did you guys have eighth grade graduation? We did we get to have a graduation. Good. Yeah. How'd you yeah. do that? We did a May crowning, which was like a virtual assigned time show up. Yep. We'll film you all crowning Mary, you know, bringing a flower and then 10 minutes later, another kid would come, and then we had oh. someone on. Well, how'd you do graduation? We just did social distancing. Well, we're really blessed because we have such a large church. Big church, yeah. holds 900 people, so we were mm -hmm. able to social distance in the church. And same way with, like, First Communion, same yeah. deal. Yeah, but yeah. We, couldn't, you know, we couldn't have grandparents there, and that was kind of sad because, yeah. you know, yeah. those are big life events for our kids. But um, and Father Guy gave two dates for that in case some families were more reluctant at the earlier date to come back to in-person mass. Yeah. So there was a date, you know, several weeks later, two, month and a half later, that their child can make First Communion. Because the focus is the sacrament, you know, not the fanfareness of, of it. Sure. So so now let's get back to school in August. Mm -hmm. yep. Pretty much the same, well, I think we've covered that, haven't we? Yeah, you, we you, you, yes. were ready, you were ready to get back to school. You're back to school through, what, a the month week, ago? The week before Thanksgiving. Through the week before Thanksgiving, so yeah. three weeks ago or so. Yep. So was it the same deal as shutting down in March? No. Was it different? Was it no. harder or easier or what? Oh, my what? gosh, it's been so much easier. Um, the one thing that we wanted to do really well with our teachers was put, um, you know, different protocols in place with their students so that their kids were essentially practicing what they would be doing virtually every day in person. So every classroom has a Google Classroom. And um, we would have our teachers with our students, you know, um, spend time every day navigating that Google Classroom so that when we, because we knew we wouldn't make it through the whole year probably without going back virtual for a period of time. And so that's, yeah. so that's what we did. We had them practice so that the transition would be really seamless this time around. And the kids were used to it, and the teachers were used to and it. And the parents. And the parents were yeah. used to it. That's, and um, yeah, yeah. Big, big game changers compared to March, when it was yes. sort of just like your home, we're doing our best trying to explain. Some people were attending, some people weren't able to attend. Once we had them in our seats, we could show them, this is what this will look like. And actually, it's a great tool to use even when you are in school. Google Classroom. Is. Yeah. Okay. Now we got just about enough time. To maybe cover what happens next. Do we have a date set that we hope the kids can get back? And I know it's up to the state and the archdiocese and we whatever right else. Now, um, the date is set for January eighteenth. 
um, that is the public health order, but um, I do think they are starting to look at individual schools and their data related to COVID good, good, and then uh, making thought. decisions based on that. So we, we are hopeful that at the latest we will be back January 18th. Well, the chance that it might be sooner, maybe. With the chance that it might be sooner. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, people might come back and have, find their classroom is in a different place in the building <laughs> because we want to worry about square footage or how many kids we're putting in a certain area or on a particular level. Um, we're real limited with our restrooms. We don't have that many, ironically. Um, yeah. And it used to be a thousand child school uh, back in its hay. Yeah, day. in its heyday. I don't yeah. know what they did then, but um, oh my goodness. Think, yeah, think about that. <laughs> we, we are really lucky because we have generally smaller class sizes. We do. And so we're able to kind of set up our classrooms where the kids are still spaced six feet apart. Mm -hmm. And that helps a lot moving forward. If there is a positive case in the school, not so many people have to quarantine because we're always six feet apart. Gotcha. Janet, Andrea, and Sarah Funk of St. Joan of Arc Grade School, keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks Thank for being on the Andy Trusted Servant Show. And I want to close uh, by telling everybody that I kind of goofed a few shows back this is Indy's Trusted Servant Show number 404. I should have told you all on number 400, but I got so interested in whoever I was talking to that I blew right by it. But anyway, you guys missed it by about four. We'll see you all next week on the Indy's Trusted Servant Show. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and whatever else is out there, and God bless. God bless. Thank you.